It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— with new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Greg Peterson Experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the sports betting network. It's hour number three of the Greg Peterson Experience of Eason, the Sports Betting Network, presented by DraftKings. And we've got an absolutely tremendous hour coming up for you. As we're going to be joined in studio in 15 minutes by Tanner Kern. He joins me weekly on the show, typically by the magic of video slash Skype. So going to be very nice to be able to get him in studio tonight. We're going to be chatting with him about what he's taking a look at in terms of the Super Bowl, some of the props that he's got. But top of that, he's also going to be taking a look at a little bit of NBA action along with NHL action for Friday as well. So we're going to be serving both fronts, getting you set for the big game on Sunday and also getting you some sweats for Friday as well. We're going to try to get you guys as many sweats as humanly possible on the college basketball card as well, though. Yeah, the sweats might be a little bit more of a trickle on Friday because we've only got three games on the card. But if you missed my DK Network write-up pick that I was alluding to in hour number two, we're going to re-rack that for you guys in about 45 minutes. Couple with that, we've got the beer review bracket. Very intentionally, the committee put Miller and Anheuser-Busch up against one another to get you set for the Super Bowl. We saw what Miller was throwing out there with Miller Genuine Draft yesterday. So they're going to be facing off against Bud Light Lime tonight. So if you see those two beers at a party, I will let you know which one I personally prefer a little bit more as a... We are now in Super Bowl season as well. Always people talk about their Super Bowl sort of like snacks and everything like that. I really stay away from a lot of that on this show because most of you guys listening, you want to be enlightened a little bit more on how to make money on the big game rather than taking a look at the snacks and, oh, what commercial are we going to see and everything like that. There are some people that apparently you can make a little bit of money on that, not necessarily in the continental United States. So we stay away from that as well. But. That's it. We're going to get you guys a little bit there. We'll give you guys a nice two or three minute dissertation before we make you guys some money with that regard. But let's take a look at what we've got on the board right now with regards to Super Bowl props. And something that I was alluding to a few days ago when I was talking about these is taking a look at more of these cross-sport props. We're not seeing a ton of them right now in a lot of spots. I know that the major book out here in lovely Las Vegas that offers a lot of these is actually the Westgate. The Westgate has done an absolutely tremendous job in past years of being able to dive in on some of these cross-sport props and be able to take a look at them. And I do think that when it comes to taking a look at some of these cross-sport props, if you are going to be diving in on those, I do think that for me personally, you wanted to try to determine what sort of better you are. Because the one thing that I try to stay away from with these cross-sport props is taking a look at these things where it's like, oh, NCAA tournament wins versus the amount of catches for player X just because something I can't see into the future is what the NCAA tournament pairings are going to be. And that's just a big giant roll of the dice, in my opinion. Meanwhile, I'm able to take a look quite a bit more as to, okay, 
game for Saturday. We're able to dive in there. Good. I can try to discern, all right, is this player going to score more points or is this person going to have more receiving yards? So certainly going to be taking a look there. Like I said, unfortunately, we just don't have a ton that are up right now. Typically, those come on Friday. Those come on Saturday. So we should have a big bundle of fun there. That said, when it comes to some of the props that we do have currently available to us, I do think that when it comes to the two quarterbacks, a lot of unders is where I'm going to be leaning on with regards to them. Right now, Patrick Mahomes finds himself at 261 and a half passing yards. I know that for the publication that we did at Visa, my favorite prop on the board at the time was Patrick Mahomes under 260 and a half. So very much staying steady there. But I do think that both of these quarterbacks are most likely going to be going under their passing prop with Brock Purdy at 248 and a half just because I just think that this is going to be very much a run-heavy Super Bowl. I do think that this is going to be a Super Bowl where both of these defenses are going to be able to rise up. I do have my question marks with the San Francisco 49ers, and I do think that you find yourself in a very difficult circumstance when it comes to a situation like this because if you look at the full-season data, the San Francisco 49ers have won the most beastly defenses in the NFL and a defense that they check all the boxes. If you look at recent form, though, the San Francisco 49ers, they got carved up by Lamar Jackson on Christmas night. They went out against the Green Bay Packers, and they gave up a nice bundle of points. They got completely gashed against the uh, Detroit Lions before being able to rebound in the second half. So how do you take a look at the full season numbers versus what we've seen recently? I think that that's very difficult to do, and you do obviously have a Chiefs team that this is not the same Chiefs offense that the 49ers face off against in 2020. Heck, this is not the same Chiefs offense that faced off against the Philadelphia Eagles last year. This is a team that is quite a bit diminished in terms of the weapons, but they've been able to rise to the occasion a little bit more here in the postseason. But as we're talking about the rise in the Chiefs in terms of their offense, I mean, must we forget what the number on the scoreboard was for them against the Ravens. They only scored 17 points in that game. Now, if you take a look at the way that they drove the ball, if you take a look at the overall offensive execution, they look better than a team that scored 17 points. I don't think that there's a lot of debate about that, but they did only score 17 points in that game against the Baltimore Ravens. Looked a little bit better in that game against the Miami Dolphins, but I do think that this is going to be a lower-scoring slog. I've been on the under all along, and certainly I am still on the under with regards to this game, but it is one of those circumstances where I do think that there's going to be a lot of bets for me that just continue to parlay or correlate I should say with regards to the under in the spot and it's just all about trying to be able to find the best of the number because we are seeing more and more people funnel into lovely Las Vegas I can tell you from my drive into work it was a little bit more traffic based than what we had the last few days and I think that there's going to be more and more of it so it's all about being able to time this up and trying to be able to get the best of the number like right now Brock Purdy in terms of his completions the over under is at 20 and a half I really want to see if we can perhaps be able to get this up to a 21 and a half. If we can just get that little bit of a half number on there, because I'm going to be very much attacking the is unders with regards to these quarterbacks. And when it comes to the rushers, because I do think that you're going to be seeing a lot of runs in this game. It's more about taking a look at the carries itself rather than the yardage, because I do think that there is a world where we could see Christian McCaffrey, for example, is rushing prop. That is at 90 and a half with regards to his rushing yards. But if you look at the actual rush attempts, that's right around about 18 and a half. I could certainly see a circumstance where Christian McCaffrey runs the ball 20, 21 times and gets to 80, 82 yards. So you hit the under with regards to the yardage, but you hit the over with regards to the rush attempts. As we are diving in on Super Bowl props right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. And obviously when it comes to Super Bowl props as well, it's something that I've mentioned on the show quite a bit. And I do think that it's worth very much reiterating on this show to always be mindful of the juice. Just because you find a prop that you like doesn't mean that it's got necessarily the world's greatest juice. Like Debo Samuel is over under with regards to rush attempts. That's at two and a half. Do I think he's going to get more than two and a half rushes? Oh, absolutely. I do think so. Do I want to lay a minus 190 on that? Absolutely. I do not want to be laying a minus 190 on that. Those are the sorts of things that you want to keep in mind. And a lot of books, I know that DraftKings, all your major books, they offer this. You're able to take a look at a lot of alternates when it comes to these. That's something that you do want to be targeting. Like I was mentioning this a little bit earlier on the show with regards to George Kittle. He's very much a boomer bus guy with regards to the Super Bowl. Right now we're seeing his 
receiving prop at a 49 and a half. That's a guy that if you're going to be taking a look at, I would say you either want to bet the alternate on his over or you want to bet the alternate on his under. Because with George Kittle, it feels like he's either going to give you 100 receiving yards or he's going to give you like one catch for 15 yards. There hasn't been a lot of in between with him. And I do think that those are the sorts of things that you want to keep in mind. And I also do think that when it comes to taking a look at these Super Bowl props as well, taking a look at the less heralded guys is something that can be very, very profitable. Like we've seen Kyle Juszczyk go from three and a half receiving yards up to four and a half receiving yards. And that's one that I wholeheartedly do agree with. I do think that Juszczyk gets himself a catch. If he's able to get one catch, I do think that he'll probably be able to exceed five yards. Certainly that's not a given, but I do think that he'll be able to do that. And what I think is always so fascinating about taking a look at things like that as well is if you do think that Kyle Juszczyk is going to be able to go over four and a half receiving yards, taking a look at just his longest reception as a way to be able to help out with that as well. Now, over at DraftKings, they're offering the same amount of juice for the current four and a half receiving yards and as long as catch would be four and a half yards. Unfortunately, you are not able to find a lot of value on that. But there are going to be other books out there where the Kyle Juszczyk receiving prop might be a four and a half and for the yardage itself, not just the longest catch, but the actual yardage, you're going to find that maybe around like minus 125 to minus 130, whereas a longest reception of four and a half, you might be able to find that at more of your modest minus 110 to a minus 115 where there's a differential in the juice. Be looking at this and always be shopping around to just all sorts of different books as well to be able to find the best of the props because when it comes to a side in total like we've got in the Super Bowl, it's very hard to have too much of a differentiator. Now, I did mention this and I'm still seeing it as of right now as we're doing this show. Right now, the Superbook is hanging a two and a half with the Chiefs being an underdog. Most other books, you're going to find a flat two. You're not going to be finding as much agreement with regards to these actual yardage in terms of player props, the odds on like anytime touchdown or anything like that across all sports or across all books when it comes to the props as you are going to be on the sign in total. When it comes to the sign in total, it pretty much it's one of those cases where I wish I had a better term for it, but it is what it is. I mean, you're not going to be able to really shop the number too much. You might be able to find, like in my case, I like the Kansas City Chiefs in this spot. Right now, DraftKings is hanging even money on the money line. There's a lot of books out here in lovely Las Vegas that they're offering a plus number on the money line with this regard. Obviously, you want to be taking a look at the best of the number. If you're someone that you'd like the 49ers on the money line, being able to grab that DraftKings number of minus 120, absolutely, you do want to be doing so there rather than looking at other books there. Most of them are hanging more of a minus 130 to a minus 135, but you're able to find a lot more different numbers. You're able to find a lot more just differences in the market when it comes to being able to bet these player props. So be looking at that and just be looking at just wording in general where you're able to bet maybe not the exact same thing, but something very, very similar, and you're able to get a better price on that. Like I was mentioning with regards to that use check prop because that's a good way of being able to go about things going to be looking at a lot of unders with regards to these quarterbacks and I myself I do like the Chiefs on the money line in the spot I'm going to be taking a look at the under as well and hopefully we can get some of those cross board props that I'm able to put up on the VEASAN website for you guys a little bit later on in the week as well but coming up next we have to talk to a man that does such a tremendous job breaking down so many things and Tanner Kern of DraftKings as we look at Friday's NBA and NHL slates with him next on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN the Sports Bank Network Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests we are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. If you have yet to already, check out the all-new VSN.com. It's got a fresh new look, and you're able to find things just a little bit easier there. If you're looking for my daily handicap lines, and it's right under the tools section, so that way you're able to find it nice and easily. And we've got so many articles to get you set for the biggest events. Obviously, we've been taking a look all week long at the Super Bowl. I know there's been a lot of great pieces with the NBA by our good man, John Von Tobel, and so much more. So check it all out on the all-new VSIN.com. As we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network, and it is great to be joined in studio by this man, Tanner Kern. He joins me weekly here on the show. He does absolutely tremendous work over at DraftKings. We're going to be talking some Super Bowl with him, but on top of that, he's going to get us set with some sweats for both the NHL and the NBA for this Friday. And Tanner, it's always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Great to be here, Greg. Been an awesome week here in Vegas, so uh, happy to get in the studio. Absolutely. It's great to have you aboard, and it is great to be able to take a look at some games for Friday. So how about if we lead off by taking a look at some NBA and where you just travel from, the great state of Massachusetts. You've got the Boston Celtics as a 16 and a half to a 17-point favorite with your total between 238 and 238.5. When it comes to this sort of a spot, just for one, how do you play these games in which involve these very demonstrative just point spreads because we've been seeing more and more of them with the sorry teams like the Washington Wizards, the Spurs, the Pistons, insert your bad team here. Whereas you've got these very good teams like the Celtics now being very heavily taxed. Yeah, so as far as the big spread goes, I typically stay away from these and I look towards the props and that's exactly what I'm doing here. Jordan Poole under 14 and a half points in this one. Jordan Poole is not a 1A player. We've seen it consistently with the Wizards when he doesn't have Draymond, Clay, Steph. It really doesn't work out too well for him. So that's a reason to take the under. He just has not been playing that well. One game against Boston this season, 11 points, was not great in 25 minutes. In his past 10 games, he's averaged just 10.6 points per game really has not been that good four points in his past 25 minutes as well on the floor and now we're expecting him to score 15 I just can't get behind him here there's a good chance the Celtics are up big in this game as you were saying the point spread is large for a reason here and Poole probably doesn't play more than 25 minutes if that is the case so Boston has the third best defensive rating in the NBA they're also the best defensive rebounding team in the NBA so second chance points are not likely in this spot so looking at Jordan Poole I just can't see him going over this line with how he has been bricking shots consistently take the under yeah and it's been rough for the Washington Wizards to watch them all season long I would not be sad to <laughs> see tough. an under in this spot because man I mean that is a Washington Wizards team in which there's they always talk about playing the game the right way and the wrong way and I don't know if I necessarily have the book written on playing it the right way but I can tell you that if you're looking to write that book, the Washington Wizards are not the team that you want to be putting in that book. So that's been relatively sad to say the least. And this is a game that has a really tight spread with the Sacramento Kings being a one-point favorite. They're going to 
be at home against the Denver Nuggets with a total of 232.5 to 233. How do you evaluate this spot? Because with the Nuggets, as we know, reigning champions, they've been off to a solid season thus far, but have not been the same team when they've been away from Denver. So when I got here at circuit tonight, I caught the end of the Lakers versus Nuggets game. Nuggets found a way to pull ahead, but it was a tight one. It was a battle for them, and I think they're going to be tired coming into this game against the Kings, who are on a break. The Kings really want to play basketball right now. At least that's what I would expect after a very bad loss to the Pistons by 13 points. But let me set the record straight from this game. Detroit probably played their best game of the season. They're a seven-win team, but they were electric against the Kings. 56% from the field, 55% from three and they won by 15 points. The ball just wasn't going in favor of the Kings the entire night, um, and that's a reason to ride uh, here with the Kings for the fact that they have that motivation coming into this one against the Nuggets. On the flip side, the Nuggets, they did lose the Lakers by eight tonight again, um, or they beat the Lakers by eight, but it was a close game. Denver is three and six against the spread off no rest here, and Sacramento's 10-4 and one against the spread with a rest advantage. So looking at this one here, De'Aaron Fox hasn't played that well in his past two games but he has led this team shooting 47 percent from the field recently he's got to get back on track and I think he's going to be able to do that also Sabonis has been fantastic shooting 65 percent from the field in his past 10 games he needs to limit Jokic down the paint if he can do that really like the Kings in this spot I got it at plus one it's now minus one minus one and a half in some spots um, but the line's moving in favor of the Kings for a reason here I think they get the win Yep, this is the Sacramento Kings bunch that has been playing a little bit better on defense this season as well on a very young team that's really been able to rise up in a Western Conference that has been all sorts of intriguing this year. As Santa Kern, who does such tremendous work over at DraftKings, joining me right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network, and very nice to have you in studio. Always <laughs> nice to be able to see you in person, and you've got a really nice suit on, and I'm sure that it's because you've got a really nice game to be able to evaluate for Friday in terms of college basketball. It's a very, very limited college basketball slate unfortunately but that said i do like this game between vcu and dayton dayton on the road in most places is about a one point favor where i sit here at circa they've actually moved to a pick em as well thought i was game in that neighborhood about 135 135 and a half how do you evaluate a game that involves a dayton team that has become just a not a rocket ship because they're very slow but a bulldozer on offense because they just keep the ball in the basket against a vcu team that has been playing some very good defense recently yeah, Dayton finds a way to win. They're a top team for a reason. They've been very good. 19-3 uh, and three on the year. VCU is 15-8. and eight. Also a good team. Both teams are 13-9 and nine against the spread as well. So that doesn't really tell the full story, though, because looking at Dayton, when you really dive into the numbers, they are a better team in this spot, especially at the Ken Palm rankings. Flyers are 23rd in the Ken Palm rankings compared to the Rams, who are 84th. And you're getting this for a pick -em. The Atlantic 10 is not the toughest conference to play in terms of road environment. So looking at Dayton going to VCU here, I don't see it being much of a challenge for them. They've proven they can win on the road the entire season. I don't think that changes in this spot. Deron Holmes has been amazing this season, scoring nearly 20 points per game, also shooting 55% from the field. So been very efficient as well. And that's something to look at coming into this one. There's one way that VCU stays in this game. It's with Max Shulga. He's been a good guard for them, but has hasn't really been efficient from the field. That's something to look at. He needs to get his shooting percentage up in this one to give his team a chance here. Or I see Dayton just finding a way. As you were saying, Greg, they're a bulldozer kind of team. They're very efficient from the field, and that wins games, especially in mid-majors like the Atlantic 10. Yep, and with this Dayton team, they've been able to get past 70 so much, but they've allowed 71 points or fewer in regulation in every one of their games since December as well. So they've been able to do a nice job slowing things down, playing some really good defense. So I agree with you there. I personally set Dayton as more of a two to two and a half point favorite. Now that we're seeing that line come down, feeling a nice edge with regards to the Dayton Flyers there. And when it comes to the NHL card, the New York Rangers are going to be playing against the Chicago Blackhawks out there on Friday. It's a relatively limited slate with regards to the NHL as well. I was alluding to the three-game slate in college basketball. Well, it's a three-game slate as well when it comes to the NHL with the Blackhawks being a massive underdog in the spot of about two, plus 240 on the money line with the Rangers finding it out of minus 298. And I know that you're taking a look at this one. And when it comes to the NHL in these sort of spots, I know that you do a very good job of being able to find a way to look away from these big, giant, chalky money line favorites like the Rangers are going to be on Friday and find a way to be able to maximize on that. 
Well, you have to take them on the puck line in this spot just because of the juice. I wouldn't want to play minus 300, which I believe it was at uh, for the Rangers on the money line here. But when you look at the Rangers, they're a much better team than the Blackhawks. Chicago, there was a lot of excitement around Blackhawks hockey early in the year. But once Connor Bedard goes down on the injured reserve, that kind of fell off. They just really have not been that good as of late. They haven't been good the entire year, quite frankly. Blackhawks are scoring just over two goals per game. Obviously, that's not going to cut it. And that's a reason to go with the puck line for the other side, because if they can't score, they can't cover. They also give up three and a half goals per game. The Rangers are going to outskate them. They're going to outshoot them in this one. In over 60 minutes, that should lead to a cover here. Chicago's also terrible, absolutely terrible on the power play. So there's just not really an easy route for them to cover in this game. I do believe they have a chance to score a little bit because Igor shesterkin has been very shaky in the net for the New York Rangers. But at the same time, too, in his last game against Chicago, he was fantastic. Saved 95% of his shots and only allowed one goal. Artemi Panarin's been very good as well for the Rangers. I just think they're going to absolutely overpower Chicago throughout this game and find a way to cover. Yep, I do think so as well with the Rangers. They have been pretty spectacular all season long. And for the Blackhawks, they might be spectacular in like three to four years from now. They've got a lot of young stars on the team, but man, it's a little bit of growing pains there. And we've got about a minute left. We saw a little bit earlier in the week, the Edmonton Oilers, they were riding that just massive 16-game win streak. The Golden Knights were able to bust that up. Now they find themselves at about a minus 285 favorite on the road against the Anaheim Ducks. Is this a circumstance where it becomes either take a look at the underdog or take a look at more of a minus 110 puck line on the Oilers, much like in that range Rangers versus Blackhawks game. I would probably rather take a look at that minus 110 puck line just because they're such a powerful hockey team. They're going to outskate. They're going to outshoot. And again, that leads to covers, just like I'm looking at in this game with the Rangers against the Blackhawks. Any team can win on any given day in sports. That's sports betting. That's why we love it so much. But at the same time, too, the smarter move is probably to go towards the hot hand, the team that can cover, the team that can score. And that would be the Edmonton Oilers in this case. Yeah, Ben, I mean, man, there's some rough hockey that is being played out there in the great state of California. As the San Jose Sharks, not good to say the least. It's been rough for the Anaheim Ducks. And after a good start to the year, it's been touch and go for the Kings as well. But a man that is always on point is Tanner Curran. He does such tremendous work over at DraftKings that we were able to get some sweats in for Friday. But the big game that is happening on Sunday, he is in town for that big game. And we're going to be taking a look at some of the props that he likes for the Super Bowl up next. Right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The VSIN Super Bowl betting guide is out right now. It's here to help you bet on the big game. This year's guide features in depth team breakdowns. Plus, Steve Mackman Super Bowl projections for all these players partaking in the big game. On top of that, you get favorite prop bets, picks, and best bets from VEASAN shows and guests, including how the legend himself, Brent Musburger, is going to be betting on this year's big game. To get the guide and all that VEASAN has to offer, become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today over at VSIN.com pro. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Always great to be joined by Tanner Kern. He does such tremendous work over at DraftKings. And Tanner, I know you've been building up to the big game all along, along with myself. And before we dive in on some of the props that you like, has there been any sort of a change of heart with regards to how you take a look at just the side and total in this game? Because it's remained relatively stagnant over the last few weeks. Total still sitting here at 47.5 and able to find a few straight two and a halfs out there. But mostly we're finding this game with the Chiefs being a two-point underdog. I'll tell you what, Greg, every single Uber I've gotten into this week, I've asked the driver, <laughs> what side are you on? Because I'm trying to figure out and get a lean a little bit. You know, all the big bets are coming in on the 49ers. All the bets in general are coming in on the Chiefs. So it's really hard to make a play here. But I'm still on the Chiefs for the fact that I'm not going to bet against Patrick Mahomes as an underdog. He's just been fantastic. And it's hard to go against him. And if I lose this bet, if I lose my Chiefs Super Bowl bet, I can live with that in the sense of I didn't lose to Patrick Mahomes, right? Like he lost the game, but overall he's won. If you bet Patrick Mahomes is an underdog every single time you have the opportunity to over his career you are going to be up a lot of money so I can live with myself if he loses the game I can't live with myself betting the 49ers and then seeing Patrick Mahomes win 
Yep, I'm right there with you. And I do think that there is a little bit of something to having that big game experience as well, because you hear it all throughout the week that you get a lot of people that pop up through the woodwork that they're requesting Super Bowl tickets and everything like that. At the very least, Patrick Mahomes has dealt with it time and time again for the 49ers. There are a few guys on the roster that dealt with it in 2020. A lot of the guys on the defense, George Kittle, guys like that. But for someone like Brock Purdy, that is a first time deal for him. And man, that has found himself in the Super Bowl, helping out Patrick Mahomes quite a bit. It's Travis Kelsey, and you seem to think that he's going to have a big part of this game. Yeah, big-time players, big-time plays, big-game situations. The Chiefs have been here. They know how to perform in this spot, and Travis Kelsey is one of those guys. He's the veteran that has anchored this team over the years, and that's why I'm taking him to go over 70-and-a-half receiving yards. He didn't have a good regular season. It's no secret, but we can't bet the Super Bowl off what these teams did in Week 1, 2, and 3. We can bet off what they've done in the playoffs, and Travis Kelsey has been an absolute monster. 27 catches, 262 yards, three touchdowns in the playoffs and he has gone over 70 and a half receiving yards in every single game no reason to think he's going to stop in the Super Bowl the 49ers have been pretty strong against the pass they're the number four ranked defensive passer rating unit in the NFL according to coldheartfootballfacts.com but at the same time too we look at what Sam Laporta did to them uh, in the NFC championship game he was very good 97 yards and the San Francisco 49ers have shown a lot of holes in their secondary as of late. So betting off what these teams have done recently, it makes sense to go over on Travis Kelsey's receiving yards. Yeah, Travis Kelsey has done it time and time again in both the playoffs and the Super Bowl. I do like that look there. And something that I like that you're doing as well is that even though you're going to be backing the Chiefs in this spot, you're not completely ignoring the 49ers props as well. Because I do think that while you certainly, if you're betting the Chiefs, you want to be taking a look at a lot of Chiefs props and a lot of things that align for them to victory and vice versa. If you're on the 49ers, probably want to look at a lot of their players over and a few unders on the Chiefs. You don't want to go, in my opinion, all in with regards to just just if you have the Chiefs and you have them lose, it's just a complete flame out or anything like that. And you're on and on and over with regards to 49ers. No, we bet we come up with narratives, right? How the game is going to play out. Even though I think the Chiefs are going to find a way to win this one, it doesn't mean the 49ers aren't going to perform in some way. And one guy that's going to perform, the new offensive player of the year, Christian McCaffrey, I like him to go over 34 and a half receiving yards. He makes plays all over the field, and I do think he's going to run the ball well in this game. I gave out his combined prop last week on the show. I do like that over 130 and a half. But looking at McCaffrey in the passing game, I think he's going to have a lot of opportunities to catch the ball out of the backfield. The one thing the Kansas City Chiefs do really well on defense is get after the quarterback. 3.2 sacks per game, which is second in the NFL. If they get pressure on Brock Purdy, it's going to lead to quick game, quick dump offs. And Christian McCaffrey has been that safety valve out of the backfield. Also, looking at Brock Purdy coming into this game, you're going to want him to settle in. I don't see Kyle Shanahan trying to light up the vertical passing game early. I see him looking to that short to intermediate game, and that's where Christian McCaffrey thrives. So I think he's going to get a lot of bulk opportunities in this one. And I could see him going over this line pretty early in the game. Yep, and I do think that this is going to be a game where we're not going to be seeing a lot of bombs. I personally do like a lot of these quarterback props under with regards to like passing yards, perhaps a Brock Purdy interception prop as well. And I like that you threw out there this prop as well. Joining me on the show, we've got Tanner Kern. He does tremendous work over at DraftKings. Joining me right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. And while a lot of people are looking at Patrick Holmes in terms of touchdowns, passing yards, will he throw an interception or not? You're taking a look at his rushing yards. I do think that this is going to be a game where the Chiefs are going to be looking to pound the ball a lot on the ground. And I do think that Mahomes, whether it be scrambles, whether it be design runs, he's going to be utilizing his feet quite a bit in this game as well. He's a magician, right? That's what it comes down to. He's a guy that's going to make plays in any way, and he's very hard to bring down. Now, he's different than a Lamar Jackson kind of quarterback who's very fast and can evade pressure with his legs just by scrambling. Mahomes is shifty. He's very agile, and he's sneaky fast, and I think that's a reason to take him to go over 25 and a half rushing yards. The San Francisco 49ers have a lot of dudes up front. They have guys that get after the quarterback. We might not have seen the results as of late, but when you look at the roster as a whole, these guys are going to be ready to play. Chase Young, Eric Armstead, Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, guys that can rush the passer. If they find a way to get any pressure on Patrick Mahomes, he can take off and run. He can beat you with his arms, but he can also beat you with his legs. And I think teams forget about that. Now, Patrick Mahomes is a boomer bust runner. Some games he's going to have 50 yards. Other games he might not have any. But in this one, in the Super Bowl, when he's going to have to make plays and he's willing to take more risk with his body, look for him to run and go over this 25 and a half yard line. 
Yep, and part of that, I do think that with the Chiefs being able to run the ball is that I do think that they're going to get off to a relatively early start, and I think that they got off to a good early start. And you seem to be thinking this as well, because not only are you taking a look at the full game, but you're looking to segment things as well, and I know that you're taking a look at the Chiefs in the first half. This could be my favorite play of the game, and I'm looking at the, all the lines and props that everything DraftKings has, and it's, it's kind of crazy to think about every single opportunity that you have to bet in this game, but just going back to the basics, take a first half bet here, Chiefs plus a half. If they go in the locker room tied, you win this bet. And that's something to that's something to be excited about because the Kansas City Chiefs, I think they're going to find a way to run the football in this game. And if they run the football, there's no reason to think they can't go into the locker room with a lead or potentially being tied at the half and you still finding a way to win this bet. Isaiah Pacheco, look for him to have a massive game and look for Patrick Mahomes' experience to show up in the first half. Not saying the San Francisco 49ers can't win this game. Obviously, anyone can win in the Super Bowl. But if Brock Purdy plays well, I imagine it's not going to be in the first quarter of this game. I don't think it's going to be in the second quarter. I think it's going to be in the third and the fourth quarter when he settles in a little more. Early on, Kyle Shanahan's probably going to be a little more cautious with his play calling. If he goes into the locker room down three or down seven, that's a win for the 49ers, especially if Brock Purdy's getting comfortable. So look for the Chiefs to come out explosive. They've been here. They know how to play in this game. Look for the 49ers to be a little more cautious early. That could lead to a Chiefs lead at the halftime and you cash in this bet. I absolutely love that look as well because we were alluding to it. The experience that the Chiefs have in the Super Bowl. They've been in this spot a lot. Meanwhile, Brock Purdy, he was the guy that was drafted dead last in the draft a few years ago, playing over there at Iowa State. This is a big-time moment for him, and it could be a little bit of a slow start for the 49ers, and you just alluded to it. If it's 10-10, 13-13 at the half, you're able to get there with the Kansas City Chiefs. You don't need to sweat out any sort of a spread or anything like that. If they're tied or if they're in the lead, you get the win with regards to that one at the half. So I absolutely love that look. And just with regards to how you're playing your props in terms of this year, because I know that you we're taking a look at a few player props. I know that you're also on tails, which we are going to be opposite of that. I am sorry. I am fading your pick of tails. I am going to be on heads personally. So may the better man win on that one. But just how do you take a look at the Super Bowl in terms of being able to have fun with the game, being able to try to be able to profit, but at the same time, not getting just completely out of control and having perhaps a complete flame out if your side doesn't hit. Well, just going to the coin toss here, I was assigned <laughs> a uh, video at DraftKings and I was thinking, okay, well, heads versus tails. And I actually did some research on apparently the head sideways more so that's why <laughs> tails never failed I, we're gonna I get know. to physics on the coin toss i love it <laughs> bottom line is tails never fails but breaking down the props in this game i'm gonna have a mixture of both on each side but more primarily on the chiefs because again we come up with narratives when we bet on sports i believe the chiefs are gonna win that leads to more overs for chiefs and more players that i want to look at but i'm still gonna play the stars for the san francisco 49ers like christian mccaffrey i'm very heavy on his props in this game i'm you know, I'm thinking about doing some stuff with Brock Purdy, but really Christian McCaffrey is the primary guy that I'm betting on when it comes to the 49ers because I think he's going to perform no matter what. Though For the Chiefs, though, that's who I'm looking at. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, those two primarily. Sprinkling in some other guys. I like some field goal props potentially um, as well, but really focusing on those two and then the halftime and the full game bet with the Chiefs. I absolutely love it. And you know that Tanner Kern is doing a tremendous job when he's able to give the physics of the coin toss. That is A-plus work here from Tanner Kern, and he always delivers that whenever he joins me on the show. Does great work over at DraftKings. And Tanner, was really good to have you in studio tonight. Thank you so much. It was great. It's been a great trip, uh, so I appreciate you having me. Always good to have Tanner aboard. And coming up next, I get you guys a beer review in the big Anheuser-Busch versus Miller battle and my DK Network write-up for this Friday right here on the Greg Peterson Experience. I'm Vison, the Esports Bank Network. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. 
Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. There's never been a better time to have skin in the game than with DraftKings Sportsbook right now because we've got a VEASAN exclusive offer for new DraftKings customers. Earn a $500 bonus bet for every $1,000 that you bet, and this is for up to $2,500. Do not wait. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Utilize the promo code VEASAN when you sign up, and you earn a $500 bonus bet for every $1,000 that you bet right now because over at DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is indeed yours. As we're back here for the final segment of the night right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. And if you are listening live to the Greg Peterson Experience, well, coming up next, you get a replay of this fine program along First Strike with Dave Ross, who does an amazing job taking a look at the fight game. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the replay of this fine program at 4 o'clock a.m. Pacific Time, 7 o'clock a.m. Eastern, it is Follow the Money with Mitch Boss, Paul Howard. They're doing such a good job getting you set for what is going to be a tremendous Super Bowl. Top of that, I'm sure that they're going to get you guys a few sweats for Friday as well. They always have great guests, and they always deliver the thunder. Two of the best in the business. So now my objective is very clear. Get you to follow the money, hopefully safely, and hopefully with a little bit more money in pocket. And we also do have to be taking a look at a little bit of madness because after the... Super Bowl. The next major event in sports, in my opinion, is the NCAA tournament, and we've went bracket style here on Oops on Ops, and we've got the big Anheuser Busch versus Miller battle. We saw Miller go a Miller genuine draft yesterday. Now, how will Anheuser Busch counter and try to get to the next round? Let's find out in Oops on Ops. And this is a beer that you might be able to find at a Super Bowl party because it's widely available. And this is one that personally, I had never really tried myself. I've had plenty of Bud Light in my day. And personally, if you ask me, Bud Light Platinum is the best out of the Anheuser-Busch family. I will always take a Bud Light Platinum over a Bud Light. And quite frankly, if we're power ranking beers that you're going to be able to find at a Super Bowl party, a lot of your mainstream ones. Bud Light Platinum for me is number one. And then from there, you get into Modelo. I'm a Modelo guy personally. From there, if we're power ranking like one through six, we go Bud Light Platinum one, Modelo number two. Coors and Miller Lite are pretty much a 3A, 3B for me. And then you go Michelob and then Bud Light, the regular Bud Light. Once again, you got to go Platinum in my opinion. And with Anheuser-Busch, we weren't sure if in this play-in game they were going to be going with 
they were going to be going with Bud Light Lime or Bud Light Platinum. They're trying to bank on Bud Light Platinum getting to the next round, and they were able to do so. Bud Light Lime gets a score of 7.8. You saw a 7.25 the other day from Miller Genuine. So Miller Genuine is knocked out. Bud Light slash Anheuser-Busch, they make it to the next round to face off against Gennison with regards to this overall beer. I thought that the line might be a little bit too powerful coming in, but I was very presently I was very pleasantly surprised by this one. Went down relatively smooth. Like I said, I actually thought that this was actually better than just regular Bud Light itself. It's still relatively light at about 116 calories, has the same ABV as you've got with a normal Bud Light. So, I mean, this is very good for both a hot, crisp day. Along with that, it's sweet enough to be an anytime treat without necessarily packing on a lot of calories. So a very versatile beer, 7.8 out of 10 for Bud Light Lime. They survive, Anheuser-Busch does, and Advance are going to be taking on Guinness in the round of 32. And over the weekend, we will be finishing up the play-in round. And when you see me next on the Greg Peterson Experience, we're going to get you guys beer reviews from the round of 32 in the beer review bracket. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And when it comes to brackets, the most famous one is on the college basketball side of things. And it's a small college basketball slate that we do have on this Friday. But that said, we do have some games that we're still able to profit off of. So how about if we give a little bit of love to the one conference that decided to book games? Thank you, Mountain West. I mean, everyone else doesn't get in college basketball, but the Mountain West does. And let's go to my DK Network right to pick. This is 887-888. Nevada is going to be playing us to San Diego State. San Diego State is a underdog of a point and a half. Total on this game. When I started this show, is more around a 141 to a 142. We have seen this go down a little bit. Now you're seeing more around a 140 to a 141. And my right up here is going to be on the under. Despite the fact that we have seen this total tick down just a little bit, I still do think that you've got some good value here because you've got a pair of teams that they hooked up, ironically enough, a few weeks ago. This was a matchup from the middle of January. And in that game, Nevada was on the road. They fell to San Diego State by a count of of 71 to 59, a game where both teams shot it very poorly from three-point range. If you look at both teams, they combined to shoot 11 of 44 from three-point range, and though I do think that the shooting is going to improve a little bit in this one, I don't think it's going to improve enough for you to be able to get over in this game, as we are diving in on the Friday college basketball card right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bay Network, as for the Savannah team, they play at a very slow tempo. They are 253rd in all of college basketball with regards to total possessions per game, and while San Diego State is actually the faster team of the two, they're clocking in more around 207th in all of college basketball with regards to total possessions per game. San Diego State is following very much the same blueprint that they did a season ago. A season ago, San Diego State, if you looked at them out of conference, they were playing a little bit too fast for their own good. You could tell that it's like, man, they are going a little bit fast. They're speeding things up from past years. And then in Mount West play, they went right back to being the San Diego State that we all know and love. And we're finding that once again, as for San Diego State, they're playing at a rate of 4.9 possessions per game fewer these last six games than they did in the first 17 games of the season. And for San Diego State, they know where their bread is buttered. Then that's with their big man in Jaden Ledee, who's been able to give you 20 points, eight boards. He has been able to do a tremendous job down low. And while he's been able to do a nice job in the post, the backcourt is really leaving something to be desired. The USC transfer and re-sticks and waters has been able to give you double figures, but the two main returners from a season ago, Darion Trammell along with Lamont Butler, you just expected a little bit more out of them. They're providing about 17 to 18 points per game. Both are shooting in the low 30s from three-point range. You just thought, all right, maybe we'd be able to get a little bit more out of those two guys, but they really haven't delivered for a San Diego State team that they do a nice job of not getting out of sorts with the ball. The one thing that I will say for both of those guys is that they keep the offense running pretty efficiently and making sure that the ball is not turned over, but it's not really translated into a lot of good outside shooting. As I was alluding to it, I do think that the shooting is going to be better than it was in the first game, but both of these teams are pretty elite when it comes to being able to guard the arc. you got a Nevada team that allows opponents to shoot less than 31.5% from three-point range overall. This plummets to 30.8% when they are at home. Meanwhile, San Diego State, a top 35 team in all of college basketball in terms of opponents' three-point shooting percentage as well. And 
It is not as if this Nevada team has been necessarily just hitting shot after shot from three-point range as well. You do have Jared Lucas, and Jared Lucas is the best scoring guard in this game. He's been able to supply Nevada with north of 17 points per contest, and really, when you take a look at his game, he does a lot on the defensive side of things. You need him to play man-to-man, -man, he's able to do so. You need him to shift over to his own, he does so as well. He's a really good defender, shoots about 39% from three, but and he's really the only out there top five scorers that shoots above 33.5% from three point range you've got a Nevada team that as well they don't really generate a lot of second chances they are outside the top 220 with regards to their rebound rate they do a relatively solid job on the defensive glass of not allowing a lot of second chances which means I do think that you're going to have a lot of one and done possessions in general in this game and when it comes to the Savannah team, they do a really nice job of just being able to protect the ball. The Savannah team, with regards to turnovers on a per-possession basis, they're a top 25 team in all of college basketball. They're only turning the ball over nine and a half times per game. I do think that this is going to be very much a slowed-down slog of a game. Neither of these teams necessarily shoots it well from three, but both of these teams execute on defense. San Diego State, 64th in the country. In terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis overall. Meanwhile, Nevada, they really do see a nice bump up with regards to their defense when they're at home. They're giving up 13.8 points fewer per one hour possessions in Reno rather than in a roadside shoot court environment overall 26th in the country in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis when they are at home and with Nevada they have allowed more than 72 points twice in their last 19 games you've got a San Diego State team that along with being able to slow things down recently this very much goes along with it they have held teams to 67 points or fewer and now six out of their last seven games that includes this very Nevada team so I do think that you're in for a game where neither team is going to be getting a seven I do think that Nevada, in the end, going to be able to get their revenge because I do think that Jared Lucas does just enough in the backcourt to be able to get it done in a game where I think that you get a lot of bricks. So my DK Network right to pick, that is on this total under. Right now seeing a lot of 140 to 141. Still like the area, even though it's dipped down from the opener of 142. And with regards to his side, willing to lay up to 2.5 when it comes to Nevada. And how about if we wrap things up with the other Mountain West game? 889, 890 on the card. It is Colorado State. They play us to San Jose State. Old San Jose State is an underdog of between 15 and a half to 16 and a half points. So on this game, and between 143 to 143 and a half. And this is a circumstance where I do feel like we just went a little bit too far with regards to this line. I feel like Colorado State should have been more like a 15 and a half point favorite. So now at 16 plus, going to be taking a look at the points. I alluded to this a little bit earlier as well, but San Jose State well inside the top 200 with regards to points allowed on a per possession basis, but they've got a big four that's able to light it up from three-point range. So looking at the over in this spot as well. And for those wondering on the Dayton versus VCU game. So we're going to hit all three games that are on the college basketball card right here. I do like Dayton to be able to cover this one. I know that Tanner is on that with me as well. And I do like the over in this spot. I think that this is going to be a nip and tuck game. I do think that some late game felling going to be able to help you out with a Dayton team that's in the top 20 in terms of three-point shooting percentage. So looking over and looking Dayton at, at 4 o'clock a.m. Pacific, 7 o'clock a.m. Eastern, we're looking at follow the money with Mitch Moss and Paul Howard here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.